Welcome to Building Insight, brought to you by the lawyers at Glayholt LLP. Building Insight is Canada's first podcast dedicated to construction law and dispute resolution. We hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the Glayholt LLP podcast, Building Insight. My name is Miles Rosenthal, an articling student here at Glayholt LLP, and I'm here with Kaylee Duvernay, an associate here at the firm. Today, we will be discussing an OBA event that we attended this past fall called An Evening with the Bench. The event featured Justice Corbett, Master Weeb, Master Robinson, and Deputy Justice McNeely, who provided their insight into some of the important features of Ontario's Construction Act and some important practice tips for navigating the different versions of that act. So, Kaylee, as a construction lawyer, what were, in your opinion, the key takeaways from the night? Well, I think this is, you know, one of the best programs that the OBA puts on every year. It's always really sought after because the construction bar gets a direct and candid perspective from the bench. The evening was full of helpful insights, including practice tips and insights into navigating the provisions of the Construction Act. Um, so to start off, I thought a couple of the key takeaways in terms of practice tips uh, included, first of all, uh, which is always important to remind ourselves of, even though it's getting to become standard practice with the transition between the new acts, is that when doing a transition provision analysis to always assume the most stringent interpretation of the act and the most unfavorable circumstances for your client. So of course, this also includes the most stringent timelines for preserving and perfecting your lien. Um, It's always better to be safe if there's any doubt in those circumstances as the transition provisions are relatively new in practice. It's important to ensure you're always safest when protecting your client's rights. Uh, So it was emphasized to always assume the most stringent interpretation and move forward from there. And a second general practice tip, which again has become more familiar as time's gone on, but is still always important to remind ourselves of, is that when attending on any motion to provide evidence of the contract date in your materials to satisfy the Section 87.3 Sub 1 transition provision requirement and to serve as a clear indication of the act that you're under, so as you know, as, as we all know, this means evidence of the prime contract and not the subcontract. So where possible to use the actual contract. And for these purposes, again, including the signature page in the materials is enough and has been common practice to date. Of course, it doesn't make sense to include full lengthy contracts into your motion materials uh, for small ex parte motions. But evidence of the contract date is pertinent So if you don't have the actual contract or signature page, uh, the panelists at the program emphasize that it's important to find a notable risk that the transition provision might be relevant. So if you lack this information entirely and are unsure, it was suggested that counsel bring their motion on notice to the contractor and owner if the transition provision analysis is uncertain and will affect them if you don't have evidence of the contract to put into your materials for whatever reason. Um, There was also a lot of emphasis put on reminding the bar of the importance of civility and our interaction with each other while we're all trying to navigate the new act and how it's going to apply in practice. So while a lot of these tips are standard and we're all familiar with the concepts, the construction bar was reminded of the importance of some particular things that the bench wants to see council doing more, especially in regards of activity amongst ourselves. And as another general practice note, Um, the panelists emphasized to speak to counsel before all motions and to be as proactive as you can with opposing counsel in all of your files. 
So to try and see if you can agree on any issue uh, or any parts of an issue before you attend on your appearances. And it was noted that this is always better and in the best interest of your client to communicate cordially and openly with the other side to see if there's any common ground that can be reached prior to bringing all issues in the file to the court. So of course, if you can't agree, you should bring your motion fully and argue all issues, but it's too frequent that counsel have not made any attempt to discuss any possible resolutions prior to attendances. And the bench emphasized they like to see counsel being proactive and seeing what can be worked out and what needs to be brought before the courts. Um, so the bench noted that they value always seeing that communication between counsel prior to appearances. And in the same vein, it was noted that the bench does not want to see or hear as much of, about counsel producing last minute or taking steps last minute. Um, and it's not strategy. It actually undermines the process, which we're all familiar with that as well. It's never a good time when things are happening last minute and everyone's scrambling to get things done. So if something goes wrong and something comes up on your file for whatever reason and last minute steps become required or necessary... Uh, again, communicate with the other side, get them on the phone and discuss your options for moving forward instead of just running straight to court and trying to work it out that way. Um, so always see if there's something that can be done about the situation to promote the least expensive and most expeditious resolution of your case. And again, it was noted that many judges aren't as familiar as we are with the intricacies of the Construction Act. So they aren't all as familiar or as comfortable with areas of construction law. And another general practice tip received at this event was to make it as easy as possible for all judges when presenting your materials for them to understand the entirety of the case and the issues. So this can sometimes include putting together supplementary documents or briefs, timelines and things of that nature that can make the file easier to follow and understand. So these documents aren't required parts of the file, but can be very helpful to yourselves, to any associates working on your file with you, to the other side, and to the court. Um, so use your judgment if this is something that might benefit your case. And it was emphasized that it's always an asset to be an aid to the court in any situation. So this may be a general tip that you could use if you have a complex file or there's many parties. These types of documents, once prepared, could actually be really helpful. And a final tidbit and one of the most notable tips of the evening, in my opinion, came from Justice Corbett, who at present is involved in the administration and assignment of trials in the Superior Court. Um, so therefore, he has some authority over the assignment and scheduling of matters. And he had some tips on how to get a judge who is more familiar with construction and the areas of construction law to hear your trial. So counsel was encouraged to somehow bring the case to the court's attention or to the attention of Justice Corbett. And it was noted that if the case is brought to the attention of the court at the scheduling stage, then it would be a possibility to assign that case to a judge who would be more familiar with construction matters and different areas of construction law. So in order to bring your file to the court's attention, it was noted that there should be an important issue at play or an issue of principle in construction law. And the bench encouraged counsel to discuss with the other side if this might be beneficial in your case and agree with the other side on your means but to do so and to bring your case to the court's attention. So of course, that doesn't mean you're agreeing on any issues, but you would be agreeing on the steps you were going to take in your file to bring your case to the court's attention so that it can be dealt with appropriately. And an example that was given of this would be to request a case management conference. 
Um, but ultimately, parties are to decide on the most appropriate means in each case and agree to proceed in that fashion. But nothing can be done in terms of scheduling or assisting with scheduling if the case isn't somehow brought to Justice Corbett or the court's attention. And uh, ultimately, I think the main takeaway from this program is that there's going to be a period of time where the bar and the bench will be navigating the new parts of the Construction Act together. And there are areas that will be unclear until they get into court and we actually see some written decisions. Thanks, Kaylee. I think one thing that really stuck out to me at the event was the bench's discussion of small claims court lien references. Now, before we get into the discussion, yes, the Construction Act, as it is read since July 1st, 2018, now allows for lien actions to be referred to small claims court deputy judges or the administrative judge of the small claims court, so long as the claim falls within the small claims court monetary jurisdiction, which, as of January 1st, 2020, is now $35,000. This can be done on a motion once pleadings are closed, or the reference can be directed by a judge. And, as with all references, the results of the trial will be embodied in a report, which will then be sent to the judge of the Superior Court for confirmation. So turning now to the bench's discussion, there was some debate over the powers and procedures to be followed on these lien references. Some members of the bench took the position that the rules of the small claims court will continue to apply to the extent that they are not inconsistent with the act and a deputy judge will have all the powers of a referee. On the other hand, some members of the bench took the position that the rules of the small claims court will not apply. There will be one deputy judge seized with the action and the procedures will be more elaborate and akin to a lien action at the Superior Court. The truth is we've entered into some unchartered territory, and only time will tell which side of the debate prevails. That being said, though, it's worth noting that under Section 24 of the Courts of Justice Act, the Small Claims Court shall hear and determine in a summary way all questions of law and fact, and may make such order as is considered just and agreeable to good conscience. Now, Section 50 sub 3 of the Construction Act provides that the procedure in an action shall be as far as possible of a summary character, having regard to the amount and nature of the liens in question. So it may in fact be that the rules and procedures of the Small Claims Court actually resonate quite well with the Construction Act. Now, I know what some of you must be thinking. Is this even worth it? Well, there are some factors that you can consider. First, the action will still start and end in the Superior Court of Justice. Second, while there are generally no examinations for discovery at the Small Claims Court, documentary discovery may still be quite voluminous, as it usually is in construction disputes. Third, costs in Small Claims Court are generally capped at 15% of the claim. And lastly, but Perhaps most importantly, we have incredibly experienced and knowledgeable masters in Toronto who regularly hear construction disputes. So having a matter referred to a Toronto master will likely be the most cost-effective route to take, even if the claim falls within the monetary jurisdiction of the small claims court. So again, is it worth it? The short answer is maybe. If, for example, the matter involves a one-off lien claimant, let's say a small bathroom renovation file where the number of documents is relatively low, then it could be worth it. It may also be worth it in jurisdictions where masters do not sit regularly. But again, this is all uncharted territory. 
To my understanding, there's maybe been one lien action referred to the small claims court since July 1st, 2018. So there's a lot to look out for in the future. Thanks, Miles. It'll definitely be interesting to see how that all plays out in practice. Thank you for listening to the Building Insight Podcast. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. And visit glayholt.com for more information. If you have any questions, email us at info at We look forward to having you join us again.